0: Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing W-A-I-O in your Play Store. We're excited that Dr. Mitchell will come today with, with the choir. And we, I, I realize we only have a few short minutes left today, but we believe it's important uh, as we step into the spirit of honoring uh, our black history. I do agree that uh, there will probably come a day where there won't be black history because it'll just be our history. Together. But what I really appreciate about honoring black history is the spirit in it. It's not just history because, you know, if you think about history, it's his story. That's what history actually is. And black history actually is his story. It's God's story. In the midst of all of our stories together, how God... Through Christ brings all culture, races, and creed. There's neither Jew, nor Greek, nor Gentile, nor nor black, nor white, nor any anymore because of the kingdom of Christ. We are all one together, brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is our story. This is our history. But we do honor the struggle. We do honor the uh, price, the endurance of our black brothers and sisters that endured for the gospel's sake. Because a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the gospel is not a white man's gospel. The gospel actually, you know, began in the East, Eastern culture. They're not white people. You do understand that, right? Jesus was not white. Amen. You understand that? And uh, actually, the gospel went first before it came to Europe through Paul's missionary efforts. The gospel went first to Egypt and Africa. Uh, You read it in the the gospels, uh, in the book of Acts, actually, where Philip... Uh, with the Ethiopian eunuch that received Christ and took it to the nation of Africa. And so that's why the roots of Africa, uh, it's indigenous uh, Christianity. Judo-Christian Christian life is indigenous to that culture in the nation of Africa. Uh, so when our brothers and sisters came over even as slaves in the injustice of that, there were, there, God's seed of destiny, of the gospel, was there, you see. Uh, because it's an it's a ultimate plan of God to bring us together And so you have to when you celebrate black history, you're celebrating God's story in the midst of this uh, To realize, some of you may not know this because you don't know much about Africa or travel there But the nation of Africa is in full-blown revival The whole nation is in revival right now Millions of people are coming to Christ every month in the nation of Africa It's being swept by the glory of God because their seed of destiny is rising up and breaking the husk of corruption and iniquity and the gospel is being spread across the nation of Africa. In the midst of poverty, in the midst of sickness and disease, the gospel light is shining very, very bright. So our brothers and sisters here, you know, in the fight uh, even against slavery, the, the whole fight against slavery is based in the gospel. The whole concept of freedom goes all the way back to Israel leaving Egypt as slaves. And so it's the gospel story we celebrate in our black brothers and sisters today. Not just their heritage and history, but but the gospel. Because even as slaves, I've read where they would go to the Hush Arbor and hear the Word of God and realize we're not not property to be owned by someone. We are daughters and sons of the Most High God. And they found a faith and a uh, spirit to believe that God would move and bring them from that place even to where we are today. And it happened. The Civil War and civil rights and and the fight, not just spiritually but naturally. So many black men were killed in the Civil War fighting for the freedom that, that we enjoy today. And then, even after freedom was won and the laws began to change, then there was those that stepped out in faith into that freedom. To see it become a reality. And that's what excites me about it. Because I don't believe it's a story far away from our story that we're living today. Is that the battle is already won. The freedom is already ours. Jesus has already paid the price. But how many of you know we still, many of us, sit in bondage today. Because we don't embrace the concept of the gospel that we are free. And then step out into that and begin to establish our own destiny and purpose and calling. And so, in these very short, a few short moments today, I'm going to ask Jackie Patio to come in just a moment to, to, to share this time with me. Uh, Jackie Patio is an eight-time national championship coach. She's an uh, esteemed colleague of mine that I honor and respect with high degree. She's our equipping pastor that God called to this church to equip believers to fulfill their purpose and destiny. And for those of us that have been on the other ends of her care and prayer and love, uh, we know her as Maul Patty. Because she will fight the devil right off your back if you, if you need her to. And she's, I wanted her to come and just share a brief bit of her story today as we find that same spirit and same faith to walk in our destiny. So would you put your hands together and welcome Jackie Patio as she comes here with me this moment, just for a few minutes. Take that mic, Is that working? Testing. Yeah. Testing. It's working? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. Jackie, just take a minute and say hello, then we'll jump right into it in these last few moments we have together.
1: Good morning to everyone, and it's just an honor to be here, uh, to be able to share with you this morning. Of course, before we even jump into it, I think it's just a protocol and honor to honor Pastor Ken and Ms. Bell for this opportunity to be able to stand before you. Last time, I didn't acknowledge my husband. I need to acknowledge the man that's been with me for 38 years. Uh, James Patio, come on. Walking in this journey. Great man, great man. So I'm just happy to be here this morning. Let's take it away,
0: preacher. Thank you, Jackie. Well, uh, her story has inspired me. Uh, I've had opportunity as we've...
1: I can't do this chair.
0: Throw that chair I'll be all splattered on the stage. You just stand over here, but lean on me if you need to.
1: Lean on me (laughs) when you're not strong, and I'll I'll be be your your friend, friend. and I'll help you carry on. Cause I'm gonna need somebody to lean on You just call on me brother when you need a friend We all need somebody to lean on I don't know the other words We all need somebody to
0: lean on I've already told Jackie I want to be black when I get to heaven.
1: This was not a part of the plan. I'm
0: sorry. You don't need to be down. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. You're okay? That wasn't part of our plan for sure, but it was fun. <laughs> I've come to appreciate her story because it's a God story. And uh, she was raised in a home with a single mom raising nine children. And uh, the faith and the ability to hear God... And the willingness to obey God in her life's journey has really impacted my life. And I wanted her to take just a few minutes along today to kind of share with you her story. So, Jackie, maybe you can take it from the kind of that first part of that childhood uh, part that you've shared with me and how important that was in your life.
1: Well, as he said, I come from a family of nine. I'm six of nine. And, of course... My mother was really methodical in the way she raised us. Um, That was the way in which she could manage us as nine children. So she kept us in groups of threes, and I was the second group of the three. And of course, in my group, you know, the rule at the house was, if one get in trouble, everybody got in trouble. So if one caught a whipping, everybody got the whipping. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so in my group, I had a sister that was the oldest of the group, because then I was the baby of that group. She was just defiant. Her name was Cynthia. Her name is Cynthia. We called nickname. Every, you know, in the hood, we have nicknames. Her nickname was Mopsy. And, and, and Mopsy was defiant, but I realized that if I was going to live to see longevity, I had to disconnect from that group. So at an early age, um, I realized that, you know, look, Mopsy just wasn't going to follow any rules. So I just came to the realization I need to walk this journey by myself. But as time progressed, you know, my mom would spend um, uh, afternoons just visiting with my grandmother, which is her mother. Her mother's, name, her mother's name was Vandola, Vandola Joseph. Vandola only had a third grade education, um, but she was a, a woman of God, and she had a word in her. And, of course, she had a no in her. Um, and so my mom would spend time with her in the afternoons, and they were talking. I was this kid. I wanted to hear what they were talking about. I wasn't interested in playing in the empty field. How many of y'all had empty fields next door to Grandma's house? See, y'all know what I'm talking about. I wasn't interested in playing in the empty field, but I would sit on the porch and I had this, uh, I don't know, I just had a, a desire to understand what was happening in the clouds and the heavens. So I would always spend time on the porch looking into the skies, but at the same time, trying to tune into what they're saying. And mama would always say, Jackie, go play in the empty field, go play with the kids. Well, I didn't wanna do that. And it was my grandmother, the lady with the third grade education that said, and my mother's name, Geraldine, she said, Geraldine, leave Jackie alone. She's different. And I can remember having that, that, that weight just lift off of me. That was, I was 12 years old then. But then, you know, there's a, another one. I had another grandmother on my dad's side. This lady, her name was Annie. And I would go to church with her on the weekends sometime, too, when we visited. And, and we would sit. she would have us on the front row, and it was something, every time the pastor needed a prayer, he would say, Miss Annie, come open up the heavens. Wow. And Miss Annie would come down, those out, my grandmother, and begin to pray. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost showed up. And I can remember sitting on that front row with my little patent leather black shoes on, my little pink dress full of bows, and I said, I want to be just like my grandmother. So I had two grandmothers who one was Holy Ghost filled and another one that was full of wisdom. And I'm convinced that the mantle that was on my grandmother, the one that can pray the heavens open, is the mountain which I walk in today.
0: Wow! I'm convinced of that. I believe that, Jackie, because you sure can open the heavens, that's for sure. <laughs> Stay there just for a minute because this really touched me this morning when you said about the No because you said there was a no inside your grandmom, both grandmothers really, especially the one with only a third, third, third right. grade education, couldn't read, right. but somehow the, 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 she had a connection with God that you reference as the no. No, no.
1: Yes, grandmother couldn't read, but she had some word in them. And, and, and I can remember, my, my, you know, my grandmothers, they were so powerful, but my grandmother was the lady, as I stated, told my mother to leave her alone because because she's different. And so when I talk about the no that I identify with, and I felt compelled that in order to communicate it, I needed to dig a little bit deeper because it is a no that's in you, that you know that you know that you know. And you see, this is not an intellectual walk. This is spiritual so I started digging, Pastor, and looking at this thing about the word no. And you see, and when we talk about no, just a definition, it's having absolute certainty of something. Mm. And so then when I began to look at that word no, digging it up, looking at it from the Hebrew standpoint, the word no means it's, it's, it's yada, Y-A-D-A. And that yada, yada means to have a, a covenant relationship. And you see, when, when you look in Genesis 18 and 9, when God said, I know him, he was talking about Abraham, there was a covenant relationship with Adam and God, and God knew that Adam was going to do what he said he was going to do. Likewise, we have a covenant relationship with God, mm. and we know that God is going to do whatever he tells us he's going to do. See, that's why you got to have that No, It's not something somebody can tell you about. You got to know that you know that you know. Come
0: on now. Now, this, and this is that spirit that I want us to tap in today because, see, there's a cultural anointings. There are cultural anointings. And in the black culture, there is a cultural anointing of a knowing, a spiritual life, a, a spiritual understanding of spiritual things. Uh, be actually, coming from the continent of Africa, a very spiritual place, understanding covenant and blood covenant. So if you think about this word know, now you, now. how about this, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know... The plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. That word, no, that's a covenant word. Uh, how about this? Jeremiah says, Don't glory in your riches, don't glory in your wisdom, uh, don't glory in your influence, but glory in that you know. The Lord, that covenant knowing, and then Exodus thirty-three, I think it is, where Moses cried out, "Lord, if I have found grace in your in your in your sight, show me your way that I might know you." And I think this is something we got to grab hold of today because God doesn't want you to go know Him intellectually, know about Him. He wants you not to know Him intimately, to know who he, we're in covenant with, because there is a plan for every person in this room. And the only way into that plan is through that knowing, connecting to God in the Spirit. And so we just grab hold of that word today, that knowing uh, that, that Jackie's talking about, and that cultural anointing, I believe, today that's going to move us into a spiritual place. You mentioned as well, as you transitioned from childhood, you realized, you said it so powerfully, there's a big difference between a career path and a divine path. Exactly. Talk about that in a minute.
1: Well... I tell people over and over, you know, everywhere you go, you travel. Well, tell me about your career. I hate that, really, because it's not, for me, it's not about a career. I say without a doubt that I've had a divine path, not a career path. And, you know, the one thing the Lord impressed upon me early in my journey was that, you know, I've opened these doors for you to have all these degrees, all these experiences, but that's not who you are. So I made sure that I stayed within the right perspective of thinking because sometimes we can think it's all about us when it's not about us. Mm. So <clears throat> my whole path has been career, been orchestrated by God. And one of the things I didn't say in the first service is the importance of being flexible when you understand the kingdom. Mm. Uh, I shared with Pastor Kent way back that when I grabbed a hold of Matthew 6 and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that opened me up to a lot of things. So I can remember when we transitioned from, from uh, um, uh, Louisiana heading into Texas, my husband's job relocating us. We were, you know, his, we were, talking, we we're thinking he's relocating because it's moving him up his, his seniority ladder from 72 to number two. But we get there and I'm like, okay, I'm here because I'm coming out of coaching, having much success. And I'm like, what do I do, Lord? And he says to me, go and substitute teach. And c- can you imagine that? Hearing the Lord tell you to go and substitute teach right then and there, this big knot in my throat, welled up. I just want to tell you that knot is pride. So I had to humble myself to follow the instructions of the Lord. And so I followed those instructions, and sure enough, each time I, you know, when I went to apply to substitute teach, the the human resource person said, listen, ma'am, you don't, you don't need to do that. You, you just need to teach. And, and I said, no, I need to obey what the Lord told me to do. I'm just going to do what he says to. Every school I went in, somebody was trying to hire me full time. And I had, to kept, I had to keep telling them, no, that's not what the Lord instructed me to do. I went to this elementary school. Now, I understand kids, I don't do kids. <laughs> I've always dealt with College students, high school, but not little kids. And and I love them. Now we have plenty of God kids everywhere. Plus now we have grandkids. We have we have plenty of them. <laughs> so I I go to this little elementary school and, and to, to to substitute teach and and the principal, this lady, Dr. Margaret Parker, very stout, uh handled, ran the school with such a strong fist, but it was on point, and she shows up in the class that I was in that day, and I didn't understand why she was in there. I'm like, a principal never comes in to observe a substitute teacher. So she st- she's m- tall in stature. She stood up and she says, when the day ends, I need you to come by my office. So sure enough, I go by office. I said, yes, ma'am, you wanted to see me? She said, yes, have a seat. She said, now, these kids need you here. She said, so I need you to, I need you to work here. I said, ma'am, the Lord didn't tell me to work here. She said, how do you know the Lord didn't tell me to tell you to work here? <laughs> I didn't know that she was a believer, but she made a point very well, okay? So as time progressed, I, I, uh, she, she said, listen, I want you to go home. Over the weekend, I'll call you because I'm going to need you back here on Monday morning. Sure enough, she called me Sunday night, and she said... Uh, I want you to come back next week and I want you to stay the whole week. She said, you're not going to go in the classroom. I just need you to come and sit in the office. She paid me for a solid week to sit in the office. And I'm like, this is crazy. But I sat in that office for a solid week and later on what she was doing, she was cultivating my heart to do what what God was instructing her to do. I didn't know all that at the time, but I humbled myself as time progressed. I ended up at that school, ended up taking over their Head Start program. This program became a five-star program. They started sending me all over to different sites to train other people how to get their programs to be five-star. And so that continued and and they sent me to a conference and when I got to this conference, uh, Dr. Billy C. Hawkins, the president at Talladega College was there and he was, he was the keynote speaker, and he told his story, and I stood in line afterwards to get him the autograph a book that he had written. And I stood in line for a long time. Now, we're talking about there's a lot of people there. So I stood in line, and when I got to the third person in line, the Lord said to me, get out the line. Get out the line. He said it to me three times. You know, sometimes it takes us a long time to hear what we want to hear. But he said it to me three times. He said, get out of the line. The last time he said, you will be working with him. So I got out of the line, not fully understanding what that was all about. Two days later, or maybe three days later, he came back to me, talking about the Holy Spirit, said to me, he said, listen, you go ahead and turn in your resignation. Matter of fact, get all your stuff in line, all your papers in line for who's going to come behind you because your work is complete here. And we were at the end of the year almost, and I went in to talk with the principal and I said, listen, uh, I'm returning my resignation, and, you know, and she wanted to know why. I said, because the Lord told me to do it, and and we're crying. And she said, well, I wanted to give you a 20% pay increase. I'm like, (laughs) 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 I don't know what to do, you know, but I had to be obedient, not fully understanding it all. Long story short, I resigned, not knowing where I was going, not knowing what the Lord was going to do. And one day my husband came in from work and he said, hey, Jackie, I heard on the radio, there's a position open. They're looking for a head women's coach at Texas College. He said, I think you need to apply for that position. I'm like, no, nope, that's not what the Lord told me to do. He said, Jackie, I think you need to apply for, apply for that position. They need your help. That was his words to me. I kind of hesitated, I, you know, you know, that's my husband. I'm going to try to be a little obedient. So he said, why don't you call first? I called the, the school and talked with the athletic director. He said, ma'am, you know, today is the last day. He said, can you can you get your resume to me? If you can get your resume to me, you know, we'll look at it and we'll let you know. I said, sir, I don't have a resume, I have a portfolio. And he said, okay, can you get that to me? So I said, I can overnight it, we overnighted it to him and I immediately got a phone call the next day. He said, the interviewing team wants to see you today. Can you come in today? So that was a 45 minute drive, a long an hour or so. We drove down there, immediately, they hired me on the spot. So they decided they were gonna come at the team, they're gonna take me upstairs mm. to meet the president of the college. And when I walked into that office and sat down, and he came out of his office, it was a man the Lord said you'll be working with. And all I, I said, can I, can, can I leave out? Because, I, I mean, I'm messed
0: up. Because this is the guy that got you were in line to get a book signed exactly. from, and God told you to get, get out, out of line, of line that you're going to work, work for him, him one day. And now you hire on at a college, and you don't know that he's the president. I don't
1: know he's the president there.
0: And so... I ran to the bathroom
1: crying and shouting and I can I can go through all what I did, but long story short, that's what happened. And, and I ended up going there as a women's head coach within a short period of time, within a year and a half, within a year and a half, I'm in prayer. And the Lord said, Jackie, this morning, elevation is coming mm. and sure enough, he had sent one of his vice presidents to my office and asked me, did I, had I, did I make a decision yet about how many years I was gonna stay in coaching? And I said, I hadn't thought about all that. And he said, well, um, the president is interested in you. He's been watching what you're doing. And he wants you to become the dean of students here. But mind you, you gotta understand, I had no clue what a dean of students was. Wasn't interested in, I just didn't, you know. And long story short, I didn't share this this morning, but I gotta tell this story because this is God. In the, I mean, every part of my path has been divine. I go through an interview process with seven people at the table, and this is what the Lord said to me. He said, now listen, he said, at the table, you have some enemies. He said, I'm going to show you every one of them, but I'm also going to turn their hearts toward you. Wow. And so I go through this interview and I'm at the table with all these people and I watch the Lord turn their hearts toward me to the point there was not a dry eye in that interview. And I became... They submitted a unanimous decision that I would become the dean of students at that college. And not only for that college, but for the staff and the faculty there.
0: Now, yes, what a God's story. Did you, but make sure you hear, heard this, because the first point we got from Jackie's story, I believe, is that no part, right? That spiritual part. But this second part is so powerful. Humble yourself, and God will exalt you. And I think that's something we got to get a hold of. Did you know the greatest force on the earth is the ocean? It's the most powerful force on the earth is the ocean. Do you know why it's the most powerful force? It's the lowest. So why it makes that powerful? Everything runs to it, not from it. If you stay low, everything will run to you. If you try to go high, everything will run away from you. That's the spiritual principle. God told me the same hand that will humble you low is the same hand that will pick you up high when He's ready to elevate you into your purposes, into your plans. And so I just want to encourage somebody, you may be be in a humbling situation right now, in obedience to God, to humble yourself. Like Jackie was talking about, take a job that maybe is below your educational field or whatever God's speaking to you in obedience. But I promise you, if you'll obey God and you'll do what the right thing is to do with God, God will exalt you into your purpose and your destiny in the kingdom of God. As as we come on to the end, Jackie, this is what gets exciting to me. You said this this morning that it's interesting that it's not about you. that It's about God's plan. And now... You find out that even through all this success, the first African-American coach in an all-white uh, team, right?
1: I was the first African-American head coach, women, male or female, at a Division I white institution in Louisiana. So I made history.
0: Made history. And all this, all this uh, success and, and God's stuff that he did in her life. But now she realized all of that was for an even div- more divine purpose and so we want to know in just the next couple of minutes about this transition to Alabama and Word of Life.
1: Well, you're right. It's divine purpose. You know, everything, you know, when, when the Lord begins to deal with you, he's going to show you pieces of a puzzle. It's, it's up to you to see it and begin to connect it. So the pieces of the puzzle that have happened in my life, he started me off with coaching. Of course, I went to college on a softball scholarship. I played organized ball so I understood the importance of connecting with people. Understand, I say people. I don't see color. I say people mm. because it's God's people. Yes. So I, he, he was teaching me that. That was important. But as I continue to propel and through this journey, here we are. We're te- I'm at Texas College, and, and we're having a blast there. We, we turned that school around in a short period of time, and you know how it is when you think everything is moving well, then all of a sudden here comes another shift. So I'm sitting in my office one day, and I hear this, Moses. Moses. And I hear it again, Moses. I'm getting ready to take you from the backside of the mountain to the front. And I begin to weep. I called my good friend in, Dr. Brazel. He comes in, and I said, this is what the Lord said. I don't understand it all. And you, we're crying, and we're praying in, that, that, uh, in my office. And a few days later, I get a message that Dr. Hawkins need to see me. And he said, um, listen, the college has called me, wanting me to go and resurrect this college in Alabama. And he said, I need you to go down there and look at it to tell me if we can do the work. And he said, well, it's Talladega. I say, who? Yeah. He said, Talladega, Alabama. I'm gonna need you to go down there to look at it and tell me what you see if we can do the work. And at the time, the we never registered, you know. I'm just serving him, because I need to put this point in here, too. When, when he sent me in to serve Dr. Hawkins, he said, see for him, because he can't see for himself. Wow. And I believe that every great leader needs somebody that can see behind them. And that was a part of my assignment. So I understood the humility as Tommy taught me all that. So we, uh, my husband and I, flew us down, we flew into Birmingham. He had set up a a team to walk us through the, the campus to look at everything and once we arrived and got to the foot of the campus, the Holy Spirit said, no, no, you don't need to go with a team. You just need to go and see for yourself. And as soon as I set, we set foot on the campus, immediately the Holy Spirit said, look, there's a spirit of oppression that must be lifted from this place. And, and, and I can remember looking all over. The trees were bent over. You know, everything around it was oppressed. Everything, there was a heaviness there. But we walked through. We talked to kids. We went in the buildings, and... And we just went through this thing a whole day. And he, he was, you know, Dr. Hawkins is anxious. You know, he, he's a leader. And most leaders that get anxious, you know, they, they want to know everything that's happened. So he was blowing up my phone, and I hadn't answered it. And, and then I finally asked He said, where have you been? I said, sir, I've been looking through the campus. I've been walking. I've been talking. Well, I told you, you know, he's, I told you I had people there waiting. I said, I know, but the Spirit of the Lord redirected me. And one thing I liked about him, he honored that. He never questioned that. And so he said, so what did you see? And I said, sir, there's a great work here. So it's imperative you bring the right people in the right place to get the right results. That's what I said to him. That's the way it's going to have to happen. Mm. And uh, so we come back to to Texas, and he made a decision that uh, he was going to, take the position with the understanding that I I was going to come with him. Now, we hadn't made a decision, but he said with the understanding I was coming with him. He made the decision. But we were, we were waiting on, uh, we were getting counsel from our past pastor and just praying and seeking and then how we ended up here because our pastor from our church in Texas said the Lord said it was time to release you because you had a great work to do. So as time progressed, listen, we ended up here February 1 of 2008. And that's how we got here in two thousand and eight, and so we continue to serve and then all of a sudden, here comes two thousand and fourteen. I hear this message in prayer, the Lord says to me, uh, this upcoming season, you will be equipping the the uh you'll be equipping leaders for the kingdom of God and I wrote it in my journal, and I put a big circle around it. I had no idea what he meant. And with that, I mean, that's just all I got at the time that was in August, we started the academic year and uh, I noticed that I just didn't have that same energy. And I realized it was the grace had lifted. But a few days later, time, you know, time progressed, he, he the Lord speaks to me. He said, go out and look on the campus. I want you to look all around. He said, what what has been accomplished here, you won't be a part of you won't you won't do this again. And then I could feel the, the press, that it was it was time to make a decision. So we had to travel to Mississippi, my husband and I, because I had a, a former athlete was being inducted to the coaches hall of fame. So we try to celebrate her. And um, we were talking about the transition of what was happening and what I was discerning and picking up and my husband, you gotta know him, he, you know, he has a Catholic background that we're still trying to get him delivered from. <laughs> That's our joke. Y'all can laugh with us. He won't bite you. And, and he said, he said, he said, he said, baby, I just don't see this. And, of course, we have always been, if we can't come into agreement, we just wait. So we're traveling, and I fell, I fell asleep in the car, and the Spirit of the Lord said, you remind him that I'm the same God that healed him not once but twice. My husband had a, an attack with Bell's palsy, which caused his face to shift. And according to statistics and what the medical doctor said, his face would never straighten up again. But as you can see, his face is straightened.
0: Praise God.
1: Then we had another situation where his foot was broken on the top. The Lord healed that. So the Lord was reminding him, of that. And so we reminded, I told him that and he he came, he said, well, listen, we're just going to rest. We're just going to wait to see what the Lord does. Well, on our way back, we traveled like He went back to work. That Sunday, I came here. I was leaving out of the connection and that's when Pastor Kent uh, called my name across the connection, said he needed to see me. Uh, And so that Monday, they called for me to come. I couldn't come on Monday because it was our administrative meetings and agreed to come on that Tuesday. And when I came on that Tuesday morning, Pastor Kent says to me, he said, the Lord spoke this to me. He called your name. He said, you are the person should be equipping our leaders for the kingdom. And I knew Pastor Kent didn't know that because the only person knew that was my husband and I. Mm. And when he said that, there was no doubt that was what we had to wait on. And we waited on that. And I said, you're exactly right, because this is what the Lord said to me in August. And so he he said, Well, what are you gonna do? I said, Well, I have to be obedient. I have to go ahead and, and turn in my resignation. Now, keep in mind, I've been with this president for 14 years. I was the longest standing vice president to serve him for 14 years. And um, I'm here now.
0: And you was making a lot of money too.
1: Yes, I was making a lot of money. Actually, why did you bring that up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's getting a little serious. That's because she told me that day, she goes, I know you can't pay me what the college pays me. I said, amen.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Pastor Ken, he, he you know, he's so gracious, he's so gracious. And he said, well, you know, I want you to get with him so we can determine what we're going to be. I said, sir, it's not about the money. Cause you can't even pay me what the colleges paid me, and I was not being facetious. I was trying to emphasize that it was for me. It was not about the money. I needed to be in alignment where God wanted me to be, and you see, sometimes we got to give up something. That's a word. We got to give up something, and I say this over and over. If you're gonna go up, you got to give up something, and I know it from personal experience in my journey that there were sacrifices that were made. And the Lord doesn't put anything on us that we can't bear, but we have to be flexible when we're talking about the kingdom of God and understand that we have to yield ourselves to what He wants us to do to glorify Him.
0: Can you let Jackie know how much we're glad God sent her here to Word Alive? Come on. Just all stand with me here just for a minute, will you? this last point I think is probably the most powerful and that is right place right people right results and I want to really encourage you that we're in a supernatural season as a body and as a church and we're and I, it's a heavy thing, and I'll start teaching on it next week. I'm going to be teaching between now and Passover about passing over into your future. Because it's, it's, it's of utmost importance right now. We live this life of what? Of knowing. In other words, we get awakened spiritually. So we're not living an intellectual Christianity, but we're living a spiritual Christianity. That it, that it's a, it's a knowing, it's a spirit. God is spirit, and and you've got to connect on a spiritual level. Uh, and I, I know this is a, 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 a probably a difficult thing to understand, but there's there's a large portion of the church that's not yet converted. With, they've made a, an intellectual decision, maybe to to to. Try to live for Jesus, but they've never converted in their spirit, where the kingdom of God has entered into their life, and now they're awakened on the inside to the things of God. Because if you've been awakened on the things to the inside of God, on the inside to the things of God, you can't do anything but kingdom stuff. You follow me? And then the humbling ourselves to say, I can't let it be about money, mission, or anything about that in this season. It's got to be what is the will of God for my life right now. And then lastly, right people, right place, right results. Now's the time that you need to know spiritually, understand what is God's will for you, where is God calling you to connect. This is not the season we're changing from a church mentality. This is is a reformation we're in. It's the 500-year reformation of the church. You'll see a switch. You're seeing it. God's moving us from a church mentality to a king mentality you follow me this is not the season you can choose a church or you can but I'm saying if you're, if you're after the will of God this is not a season you can choose a church just because you like the music or you like the preacher, or you like the culture of it, or you like the denomination of it, that's intellectual choice that I don't believe you can make right now. Now you've got to make a spirit. To what revelation is God connecting you to? And if you're connected to a place through revelation, it doesn't matter if you're there every week or once a month, you're connected to that place through revelation. So it may not be you attend every Sunday or church things all the time. You may be out here in the marketplace as a doctor or a businessman or a missionary, but you're connected by revelation to a purpose and place where God is moving at. And that's this thought and mentality we've got to, get, got to connect to. And as we do, there's only one result for your life. It's prosperity. For I know the plans I have for you, says God's. Plans to prosper you. Prosperity is not just linked to money. Prosperity is linked to something about your purpose and your destiny. Prosperity is about moving somewhere in and seeing it fulfilled. And I believe this is that season where God is speaking to His people through a knowing Holy Ghost what His will is for our lives. We're, we're humbling ourselves. And as we do, we're going to wind up connected to the right people, the right place. And I, I'm telling you, we're about to see the greatest move of the Holy Ghost in the kingdom of God that we've ever seen in the history of the earth. I promise you on the Word of God. May 5th, we're doing a, we're doing a, a, a bus ride. It's going to be a big day. We're going to do a Friday night concert, a Saturday morning uh, 10K or 5K run. And then a bus ride reenacting the freedom riders that came down 202 and were uh, some killed and injured. Uh, the freedom riders of the civil rights movement fighting for freedom, not to stir up old uh, hurts and wounds, but to repent for our ancestry's involvement and to proclaim that this county, Calhoun County, is not going to be locked down by racism and poverty and evil and addiction anymore in our future. And we're going to have white and black churches, Catholics and Protestants, Jew and Gentile. We're going to have Baptists and Methodists and and Democrats and Republicans and blacks and whites. And we're coming as a force together. And we're going to ride that same path with prayer and proclamation and decree. And we're going to culminate here where state representatives and possibly even U.S. representatives, government officials, church leaders, and we're going to stand on this platform as one body and make a declaration to say we want to see the kingdom of God come to this place and this area Right now in our lives, it's going to be powerful She to get equipped. God didn't send us this gift for us not to be equipped. She has a gift from God to help you and I move into our destiny, into our purpose. So if you've not been over to Freedom Track, you need to take that step and begin to move through that process. Not to join the church, to be equipped for what I you to do. In the kingdom of God. And when you begin to walk in that, the result is prosperity. Prosperity of soul. Prosperity of purpose. Prosperity of resources. Health. That is the season we're in. So we're going to begin next week this journey toward Passover. Passing over into our future prosperity. I see you somewhere in the future. Things look a whole lot different than they do right now. And so before we leave today, I'm going to ask Jackie to pray these three things. One, that we all are awakened. And we begin to live by knowing like her grandmothers, that we know in the Spirit. And two, that we would find humility to submit to the will of God. Three, lastly, that God would connect us with the right place and the right people so we can find the right results God's wanting to bring into our lives. And then we'll dismiss. Is that okay with you? Come on, Jack.
1: Father, in the name of Jesus, first I want you to lay your hands on your stomach so you can be awakened. I want to awaken you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now that you are in us right now. You're stirring up the gifts that are in us. Lord, your word declares that we are fitly joined together. So Lord, right now, just fitly join us, awaken us that we will yield, that we will humbly submit to your will, not our will, but your will in the name of Jesus. We just thank you right now for, for the men that were raised up, that you will call forth the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, the evangelists that you will set them in their place of order Lord so they can glorify you and honor your your kingdom your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven we declare and decree that is done it is so in the name of Jesus now put your hands together and receive that in the name of Jesus
0: amen 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 and amen
1: Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting WAIO.org or by downloading the WAIO app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks!